Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on this Thursday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and only one week out from Thanksgiving. One week. Have you already purchased a turkey? Or is that still on your shopping list for this weekend? Or are you someone who you go for something besides turkey? In our house, I don't think our kids would ever allow us to do anything different on Thanksgiving. It would have to always be that traditional Thanksgiving turkey dinner. Now, YouGov, uh, they did a a survey here in the U.S. just one year ago, last November, to see what the best Thanksgiving food was, what the majority of Americans look forward to more than anything else for that Thanksgiving dinner. And the top food... Which shouldn't surprise you, it is turkey. 83% of respondents said that turkey, that was the number one favorite food of the Thanksgiving meal. And this was followed by things you might expect. Second place was mashed potatoes. That was followed by stuffing, or maybe you call it dressing. Uh, Then fourth place, rolls or bread. Fifth place, I didn't expect this. I would have thought something else. Fifth place, ham showed up as the fifth most popular Yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, So it beat out gravy, it beat out green bean casserole, sweet potatoes, any other side dishes that you might think, ham beat it out. Certain regions of the country, they have their own popular side dishes that YouGov pointed out too. Uh, In the northeastern states, New England area, fruit salad, that apparently is a very popular side dish out in that region. In the southern states, turnip greens, really strong showing there. Midwest states, that's where I live, and apparently we love deviled eggs with our Thanksgiving dinner. And the western states, they had tamales. That was their number one kind of regional side dish, and I have never had tamales with a Thanksgiving meal, but I think that sounds like a fantastic idea, so I might be trying that. Now, this poll, it didn't have any dessert items, so I really don't know how different pies or other desserts might have compared, but I would think that pumpkin pie would be pretty popular for most people when they think of a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, that just seems, especially with all the pumpkin spice stuff that's been growing more and more in popularity over these last few years. Now, how about the least favorite dish at Thanksgiving? Any idea of what might top the least favorite list? Well, the Harris, Harris Poll, they asked 2,000 people, and candied yams are the one food that people consider the worst dish at Thanksgiving, worst thing that you could have at Thanksgiving. One other thing that many people don't like at Thanksgiving, and now this is not food-related, but this might be something that you yourself find that you dread, and that is potential family drama. You know, someone is likely to say something when you're all gathered together, Some tension will spark because of that, and this can lead to emotional responses, then arguing, and that's followed by resentment and hurt feelings. And of course, one of those topics that can lead to something like this, that's religion. 
If you have kids that are coming home for Thanksgiving, but they've left the church, or maybe they aren't practicing their faith, there's always that potential for a difficult conversation on that front. And especially if you have a son or daughter who is living a life that maybe is morally problematic, then you want to be able to speak what you know is true, what you believe, what the Catholic Church teaches, but you have to do this with love. But sometimes our passions, how we feel, our our desire to see our kids come back to the church, these feelings, they get the better of us, and then we can get frustrated in the moment when our son or our daughter doesn't respond the way that we hoped that they would. So today on The Inner Life, we want to talk about how we can leave that drama, hopefully leave any of that arguing and the hurt feelings out of the Thanksgiving dinner conversation, but how we can still evangelize our family members that are away from the church. And joining us is our spiritual director for the hour. Father Sam Martin is back with us once again. He is a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. He is a pastor uh, of Holy Name of Jesus Parish there in Wausau, Wisconsin. Father Martin, so glad to have you back here on the program today. Uh, welcome back. Thanks, Josh. you got a great program uh, set up here today. I was hoping it was just going to focus on candied yams. but Just I guess, candied uh, yams. <laughs> so, well, yeah, well, dive into the deeper stuff, but it's good to be with you and all of our listeners. Well, and as we start our conversation today, Father, um, you know, there, in talking about how we can reach out to our family, talk about our faith, talk about religion, especially when our family might be resistant, at least one or two family members that we know, you know, they come immediately to mind. And there might be a few different ways that we can uh, kind of start this conversation that we're going to have here on the program. But first thing that we might talk about is, am I the right person to try and speak about the faith, you know, speak in a meaningful way that will have some sort of an impact for that family member? Um, You know, sometimes we just what we might say, especially as parents, might fall on deaf ears, or it could even build a little bit of resentment there. And so that's also a tough—it's it, it, one of those those moments where I guess I look at it and I say, oh, you want to say something and you want the best for your child? And I know I'm saying child here. This could be any loved one, any family member. But a lot of times we're talking about children coming back home for Thanksgiving. And to be able to have that conversation— you want the best for them, but you don't want them. You, you don't want to drive a wedge further between you and them, or them and the church. That's the right question to ask, Josh. I mean, I think if we started there in prayer with our Lord, you know, uh, that's how we prepare for any encounter with other people, especially with those who are closest to us. We love them the most, but they, we can provoke each other. We, uh, our own past, our flaws, uh, just things that uh, we bump into each other's wounds. So am I the right person? Uh, that's always where we kind of meet the Lord and say, uh, yeah, Jesus said we'd be led to places that we might not prefer. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, in the comfort of our own home where we once felt so peaceful at different times, but now uh, life has changed. We've changed. We haven't all changed at the same rate. So uh, we'd be led there, but not to worry, you know, that if testimony was to be given, the Holy Spirit would provide. But he, in a way, it's not that he can't provide, but we're not docile to receive unless we ask. So am I the right person? And I, my dad used to say something when we were younger about, like, you know, the way he coached baseball, that uh, when the kids were playing is not the time to coach. That was they were taking their exam, and now was the time to, to 
sit back and make, all the coaching should have happened before the game. You make little adjustments here and there and encouragement and so forth to try to help the kid do what he or she has been trained to do, but the coaching should happen before. And then again, after the game, then you kind of sit down. And so in a way, you know, that all of that was given when we were little. And mom and dad, I hope, uh, you know, try to teach the faith and so forth by their example. And some parents haven't, and then they come to their own faith later, and then they feel this, you know, this regret and like, I need to do it now. And, uh, you know, we have to at some point say something. But, um, you know, it, many times it's like the, the story of St. Monica and Augustine and how she was uh, just distraught after all these years of her prayers seemingly not being answered to bring him back to the faith. And um, Ambrose, St. Ambrose, the Bishop of uh, Milan, you know, she was chewing his ear one time, and he said, Monica, why don't you spend more time talking to God about Augustine and less time talking to Augustine about God? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, that's what she did. And obviously the rest, uh, the Lord, uh, he took care of in his own time. Yeah. Augustine wasn't baptized till he was 33, but uh, <laughs> what an impact his life had. So am I the right person? Josh, that's the right question. And, um, you know, I would say we take that to prayer and say, Lord, like Mother Teresa, I'll be a pencil if you want to write uh, something to my siblings, to my parents and my children, then have at it. I'm yours. And uh, let the Lord uh, provide the initiative. So, you know, another thing that comes to mind as, and this is more just, I guess, as we're talking right now, you know, am I the right person? And there's some of these kind of questions that we might look at and say, before I even approach the topic, um, I think, you know, as I mentioned, mostly talking about this conversation with adult children, but of course this could be directed towards a sibling, a parent, an aunt, an uncle. But um, it's so easy, I think, especially when it is your child that you're talking to, that when we're addressing them, even if they get worked up, it's really important that I don't let myself get overly emotional. I don't, I don't want to let my emotions get the better of me. I need to try and remain calm and, and love has to be a part of everything we say. You know, it can't be just to win an argument or just to, uh, you know, tell our child, well, you're wrong and you need to stop doing this. I mean, obviously, for most parents, that's going to come out of a place of love, but that love needs to be shown in the way that we communicate that. Yeah, and the, the peace that our Lord gives is unlike any other peace, and we... Uh a thing is received according to the mode of the receiver. So many times we come into these uh, opportunities, if you will, and, and we're just not spiritually prepared. So I, I always think, you know, say our prayers, and uh, you know, not have to, there's no contrived, like, this is my uh, approach today. This I mean, we have to keep it natural that we're just together. It's a family gathering. It's, we're thanking God for the gift of our life and our family and our faith and the country in which we live. And we remember the first men and women that came to this country and, and the story of the pilgrims. And we want to keep it kind of natural. But if we're connected to God, then there's that supernatural dimension that we can never underestimate its impact. It's a, a kind of a hidden, mysterious sort of a presence. Uh, but that's where God does some of his finest work. So uh, we can't necessarily anticipate how things are going to go. I think that that peace, if we, uh, this is what St. Francis always prayed, you know, Lord, Lord, I'm not asking you to change the world or change others change me, make me an instrument of your peace. And he spent enough time with the Lord. Uh, that's precisely what happened. We know his family was a big mess. I don't even know if he had a single Thanksgiving, not that they celebrate that in Italy, 
we used to go to school on Thanksgiving when I was a student over there. Boy, that's depressing. But anyway, uh, I don't suppose he had a whole lot of those light moments with his family, and it was the other way. I mean, he had a conversion and his family didn't. So uh, the pain that he had to suffer, the, the struggle that, but he would have had a trust in the Lord, that the Lord would say, your parents, your family, they're my family. I love them. I've got a plan. For, you follow me. What about them? What, yeah, I've got a plan for them too. So there's always that tension. You know, am I the right person? Do I have the right peace? Can I convey these things that are true? Uh, it's not good that people live in sin, but they're not ready to see it. Or they, they see and they're sad and they don't want to even think about it. They, they're not ready to take that step. Or, or they're defensive. They're resentful. They, they're doing this because it's some kind of a compensation for something. Who knows? I mean, the mystery of iniquity is a part of, um, of the human existence that we share. And um, I just think that our friendship with Jesus is the key. You know, it's always... Uh, sure. It, Seems like that's the answer to everything. Like, uh, but if we spend a little time praying for our family every day, then when we're with our family, uh, he'll help us with that. To uh, take some of the barbs out and have a little uh, uh, ability to kind of absorb some of the things that oh, that's a little slight there and a little edge to that. And uh, but I'm not going to take the bait. I'm not going to be a reactor. I just and that's where the Lord helps us if we allow Him to. He's always good about that. Our spiritual director is Father Sam Martin, a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, today talking about how we can have those conversations with our family, with our loved ones, especially as we gather together, maybe at Thanksgiving or our other uh, gatherings around the holidays here, and how you can talk about your faith, how it doesn't have to be confrontational, how it doesn't have to be something that everybody walks away from. Uh, with hurt feelings or feeling like there is that tension there. And what has helped you in your conversations with family who are away from the church? If that topic of your faith, of religion, if it comes up at a holiday gathering, how do you keep the conversation from turning into an argument, into some sort of fight? Maybe you're not sure how to talk to your family about the faith when it comes up, and you'd like a little advice, and that's why Father Martin is here. And our studio line, 888-914-9149, is uh, the number you can call to join the program, 888-914-9149, and our email address, relevantradio.com. And Father, uh, you, you mentioned, you know, maybe they are not ready to hear what we want to say to them. And I think that's another big question there. You know, the first question, are we the right person to say it? But then, are they ready to hear it? Because even if we might be the right person to say that to them, but they're not ready, how do you, what what advice would you give on how you can really discern if it is the right moment and if they are ready to hear at least something of what you might bring to them about coming back to the church, or about getting their life right with God? Yeah, these are very uh, delicate things, and, you know, whatever discernment is, knowing God's will and, and certain circumstances is more of an art than a science, and as we grow in our faith, if we spend time with the Lord in prayer and, and uh, receive the sacraments, all of these things in a regular way, we'll hit a, a better batting average. We'll, you know, But even the saints, you know, you win some, you lose some, but we repent and we, we learn from these things and we start again. So I think that there's a, you know, the kind of the still tiny, small little voice uh, that speaks to us in the depths of our heart might give us a nudge. Uh, all of a sudden we find ourselves in a conversation that we hadn't anticipated and the person, sometimes uh, they let their guard down. Another 
a sign of vulnerability, which is trust. And, and you know, we feel maybe a little awkward or unprepared, but we say a quick little prayer that come Holy Spirit and, and try to be a good witness. And I was uh, talking to a friend, and uh, he had gotten to know a lady at work, and they just had, you know, for years and years had worked together. And But he knew that she was living with a man she wasn't married to, and he always felt that at some point, Lord, I maybe you want me to say something. And then came that moment where they were alone, and he just said, you know, gosh, have you ever considered marrying this guy? And she's like, well, yeah. Uh, and in fact, he had proposed a couple of times, and he's like, well, what's the hang-up? And she said, well, I went through a terrible divorce, and I don't think I could ever go through that again. And so then her wound came right out, and he could see, and then, uh, and it took all those years of just being friendly and kind and, and asking the Lord if you want me you know, to say something. And uh, but it's, sometimes we want to be the person and we're not. Other times we'd rather not uh, be the person. And the Lord is like, yeah, here it is. Uh, here's you know, and uh, we don't get to you know dictate the terms, but we can say, Lord, you know, at your command, I'll put out into the deep. You right. know that uh, we're just unprofitable servants. We're just wanting, Lord, more or less anyway, to do your will. Unless it's going to be really hard and un- uncomfortable, then maybe you can find somebody else. But the Lord is famous for. Uh, putting us in a place not to humiliate, but to remind us that you need me. And thank God, because we'd forget and we'd do it ourselves, and that would be the worst thing, because then we start to preach in a way that is promoting our own way of seeing things, and that is typically Jesus. He came to remind us that not as uh, man sees does God see. Man sees the surface, God sees the heart. So uh, there'll be those times where, you know, we just have to... Uh, have that sense, and that comes only uh, from time and, and adoration and prayer and silence and and uh, real recollection with the Lord, just to trust that He'll give us the nudge and uh, give us the right words. And, and then there are times we look and we're like, oh, I wish I would have. But even now we can give to the Lord because that's a sort of a suffering that maybe I missed an opportunity. Maybe I was supposed to. Maybe I was afraid. I was uh, self-conscious. I was proud. Who knows? But I, I feel like I missed that one, Lord. Well, You'll be in good company, and as long as we are, you know, kind of conscientious about it, we bring this to God, it's a teachable moment, and we learn. And I, I've learned a lot, you know, I like to listen to Patrick Madrid sometimes, and somebody was complimenting him about it. He handles a lot of these kind of situations when people call in, and they're not always so easy to, you know, kind of deal with over the phone, and it's it's live radio, right? And, and somebody was complimenting him about how well he does, and he said, well, thank you, but let's thank God, because I think mm-hmm. I've made every mistake possible. Yeah. And by God's grace, I've learned. And we listen to him now and how he handles these things. And that's the, that's the product of many years of allowing the Lord to work through him and to acknowledge his own limitations. And the pe- people that he talks to, they're limited creatures too. And, uh, but it, to summarize this little point, I mean, they, they used to say that love builds a bridge for the truth to come over. Sometimes we start with the truth and we, sometimes we use it as a hammer. It is true and they ought to know better and the truth will set them free. But if we're not loving that person, this is what always set Jesus apart, is that he loved the sinners. He knew them by name. He came to their house. He spent time with them. The woman at the well is a clear case that he loved her. And then he starts to speak the truth to her in a way that it doesn't humiliate her. It gives her hope. It, it says that he, he knows my past and he, he cares about me, that he realizes that I, I'm sad and lonely even though I've been married all these times and I, he knows that and he... So this is, I think, a, a way of, like, first, we're, this is our family. You know, we didn't sign up 
to be in this family, neither did they. But uh, I mean, yeah, we're all stuck together. <laughs> right, right. So I mean, this is yeah. providential, and uh, God has put us together for His own reasons. And I think as we get older, we start to see some of those, and we think, "Oh, Lord, I needed these siblings, these parents, these children. I thought that that was going to save them. I was going, but they stretched me. Their struggles, their brokenness." brought me closer to you, God, because I couldn't fix them. I couldn't save them. Mm. And I had to acknowledge that. And that, in the end, was a big step in faith. So I think when your parents, yeah. your parents, be a mom and a dad and love them, you know, the way moms and dads love their children. And the, the saving part, well, <laughs> Jesus, it says that God is a, a jealous God in the Old Testament. That He's pretty clear that that's his job. And uh, we do well to acknowledge that. Father Sam Martin is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today as we're talking about how we can have those conversations with our family, especially maybe uh, adult children that are coming back home for Thanksgiving or other holiday gatherings coming up here over the next couple of months. And what has helped you? How have you had those conversations in the past? And what has enabled you to be able to uh, make that progress, to be able to say something that opens the doorway to further conversation for your child, your son, your daughter, maybe a, a sibling or a parent, somebody to consider, oh, maybe there is more here than I originally was giving consideration, that, that first step back towards the church. How have you seen that in your life? And if the topic of religion does come up at a holiday gathering, how do you keep that conversation from turning into something along the lines of an argument or a fight? How do you keep it to where you you let God do the work there in those conversations? 888-914-9149 is our studio line, 888-914-9149. And we'll continue talking with Father Sam Martin in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life today here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and our spiritual director is Father Sam Martin, a regular voice here on The Inner Life. He's a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. He's the pastor of Holy Name of Jesus Parish in Wausau, Wisconsin. And today, talking about how we can have those conversations at different family gatherings, especially those that will be coming up here uh, Thanksgiving next week or some of the other holidays, uh, Christmas, New Year's. Um, If you have those family gatherings... And the topic of your faith comes up, and you're talking with a family member who isn't religious. Maybe they wandered away from their faith. They left the church. Maybe it's a son or a daughter, a grown child that has walked away from the faith. How do you have those conversations? And how do you keep those conversations from getting argumentative, from becoming some sort of a fight or something that, uh, you know, God forbid, really actually drives that person further away from the church? How do you keep things loving and uh, (laughs) agreeable and still make an impact in their lives? And how have you done that in conversations in your own family? Our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, you know, maybe we can talk about—we talked about remaining calm. You mentioned having that peace when we are talking with 
our loved ones. But I think it's also important that we talk about the fact that we don't just dismiss sin if it's brought up. If I have a son or a daughter or some other family member who's living with someone outside of marriage, you know, they're cohabitating, or they're, they're actively engaging in some other kind of sinful behavior, I think this probably becomes the most difficult aspect of any conversation because it's extremely common for people, especially in our contemporary culture, there's this attitude of, you need to accept me for who I am and how I live my life, and if you don't accept me exactly as I am, then you're bigoted and you're hateful. And this becomes really tricky then because the first part, accepting the person for who they are, yeah, that's good. That's absolutely true. And that's what Jesus would want any of us to do. And he takes us exactly as we are. But the the problem is that if they tie that together with accepting or approving of behavior or actions that are morally problematic, that's a different issue. And if I... If, if you don't approve of what I want, you know, that attitude, then you don't love or accept me, there's this, this uh, you know, it's a false dichotomy is really what it comes down to. In your experience, what have you found to be a helpful way to talk through this with someone that you love? Hey, no, I, I love you exactly as you are, but I, ex- I, I love you and I want you to know that there's so much better that you could have for your life. Yeah, I think I, we discover, you know, sin is very insecure. It's always looking for approval, and uh, it likes, you know, uh, you know, to be legalized. And, I mean, we used to argue with the students about legalization of, of soft drugs, marijuana, and so forth. And uh, I said, well, then that gives a public stamp of approval of something that most of us don't approve of. You know, I mean, if you're going to do it, I, I pray for you. I'm not your judge, but... You want me to say what you're doing is good. I can't do that. I'm not going to. That violates my conscience, you know. So we have to remember that sin is insecure. It's always looking for someone to tell it, you know, something that it knows wouldn't be true anyway. Deep down, we know when we're compromised. We don't like that. We want people to just, you know, kind of turn a blind eye to it. But actually, you know, way down where we're alone with God, we're actually hoping someone thinks enough of us not to, you know, condone things that aren't good for us, you know. So when we do come to our senses, like the prodigal son, we recognize the people that they were kind, firm. They didn't, uh, uh, you know, they didn't give up on us. They held us to a higher standard, but in a way that gave us hope that they, no matter what, and that's what Jesus did with sinners. Is that I'm not, you know, I'm not walking away from you, but a lot of them walked away from him. And we have to remember that, you know, that his own family said he was out of his mind, you know. And uh, I like what Saint Jose Maria says that, yeah, he he's madly in love, and people in love do strange things. So, but his own family, I mean, and a lot of close followers. They walked away when he was teaching the truth about the Eucharist and so forth. So we can't win them all, and it's, it's not the goal that we just keep everybody together. We have this very tenuous idea of, of unity. Unity, is, it causes uh, the Son of Man, the Son of God, to pray that they might be one as we are. Unity is a long, slow, arduous, painful process, and it will come. We get a little foretaste here, and please God, perfection in the next life. But um, to recognize that if somebody's living in sin, they're going to want you know, support. They're going to need my, you know, tolerance and my stamp of approval, and I can't give it. But I'll give you my love, my smile, my, uh, I'll accompany you, but I, I can't say that what you're doing is good for you. That would be a lie. It would violate my conscience. And, and typically that's what people want. And, uh, and then they, 
the devil has ways of like turning everything. So then, you know, you're mean, you're a bigot, you're, you're, you know, a judgmental, hateful, whatever. I mean, it's just, you can't win. And, uh, that gives us a solidarity with the Lord. They accused him of all sorts of things that were unfair. And he was, um, he came as light and men prefer darkness. And I always say it's like turn the lights on. And if you got a teenage kid in the morning, they get really excited by that. They're so happy. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, it's, uh, we still kind of in a, a fallen way prefer the darkness and and yet we have a confidence that uh, all we have to do is just be true to God and let him help us and to recognize that if they reject us it's not us I mean remember Samuel and he was trying to persuade the Israelites that you're not going to be given a king and and then finally you know God says give him a king Samuel right. what and he's, he's like Samuel they are not rejecting you they are rejecting me give him a king whoa so, I mean, once in a while, it seems that the Lord allows people, they have to bottom out. They have to have, you know, like the uh, the quail until it comes out their ears. And now they're so sick of it. And I see people in many ways, and in, in, in my life too, you know, sometimes you just get to the point where I don't want this anymore, Lord. And sometimes you got an addiction. you got a monkey on your back, and, and it may take years of, of therapy and so forth to get out of it now, but your heart has changed. And uh, this is where some of the... Uh, obvious sinners, people that are addicted and all sorts of things, are actually on their way to becoming saints now. They still struggle. The attachment is so deep that they can't break it, but their heart and soul now is beginning to yearn for the Lord. This is why Jesus said, the tax collectors and the prostitutes will enter the kingdom of God before before you who are self-righteous. So uh, we um, we do well re- remember those few little things. You know, Sin is really yeah. insecure, and they're begging me uh, for love, but I I don't have to love them in that way, which isn't love anyway. That kind of tolerance for sin, uh, patience, long-suffering accompaniment, that's all good. But a stamp of approval, nah, that violates my conscience. And they'll say, well, uh, and this is the problem with tolerance, is that as soon as you disagree, it becomes fiercely intolerant. It's a fairly one-way uh, street and uh, not a very logical one. So, But charity bears all things, hopes all things, suffers all things. And uh, we can do that with God's help. Uh, Father Sam Martin is our spiritual director here on The Inner Life today in our studio line to join the conversation, 888-914-9149. As we're talking about how we can have those conversations with our family, with our loved ones as we gather together at different holiday gatherings and how we can hopefully not have those moments turn into uh, fights, into arguments, but that we can we can be able to communicate the faith in a loving, in a gentle way, and know if we're the right one to communicate that. And how have you done that in your own family? And uh, what has helped you to make those strides, to make that progress with family members as you've spoken with them about your faith as a Catholic? 888-914-9149. Father, Laura is listening to us in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Laura. Thanks for calling in today. Hi. Yeah, go right ahead. You're on the air with Father Sam Martin. Oh, okay, great. Hi, I wanted to share a story from several Christmases ago um, with my brother. Um, We were having a discussion about addiction, and um, he's, you know, he's not a a believer in Christ. I'm not sure about God, but I mentioned God, you know, being important in healing of addiction, and that made him really angry, so it touched him 
serve. And then we hey, have Laura. Had I am so sorry. We're yelling. just having a lot of cutting in and out with your phone there. I'm going to put you on hold for just a minute. We're going to see if we can get that figured out, and we'll come right back to you. Um, so, Father, let's uh, let's go to Michael. He's listening to us in Kelso, Washington. Hi, Michael. Uh, thanks for calling into the Inner Life. Hi, Father. Hello? Good. Yeah, go, go ahead. right ahead, Michael. Okay. Um my well I my my wife is uh divorcing me uh right now and uh I just found out that, that she's also uh dating somebody and um I'm just uh, uh trying to keep a soft heart through this and uh keep the door open to uh to love and forgiveness in hopes that she'll um you know, not pursue anything further and, uh, maybe, maybe come back to me. Um, and you know, we have, we have children and, uh, it's, it's pretty difficult because I've seen moments where she's questioned her faith. So, uh, I'm, I'm having, you know, a hard time, uh, just, just being careful with what I say or do, uh, to not further, you know, make, make sure that she doesn't, you know, maybe end up leaving the faith over this out of everything. It's a terrible situation, Michael, and you'll be assured of a lot of prayers now. And, uh, uh, you know, there are a number of things that we can do is, is what, you know, acknowledging it, bringing it to the Lord in the light. God works in the darkness. If we try to figure it out or fix it or handle it, the devil will just, uh, he's the accuser and he'll make us feel really blue and he's just trying to divide and conquer. And we want to pray for your wife and and pray that she has a change of heart, that she's entering into some deeply troubled waters that are going to make her life uh, more miserable, maybe a, a kind of a, you know, a, a temporary stay if she, you know, thinks, well, this is going to be, you know, this will make everything right. And, of course, uh, sin always um, promises what it can't fulfill. It can never, it's just a counterfeit. And so she's going to at some point come to uh, grips with what she's done and the damage that she's left, you know, for you and your children. And so we want to pray for her and, uh, you know, also, you know, for you that uh, and your children that we have to, we love mom and we uh, we don't know, we don't understand that something terrible uh, and she, you know, gave her heart to it. But please, God, we also think about her immortal soul that sometimes people fall into terrible things, maybe to save them from something worse later on. I don't know, but uh, these things are... Uh, they test our faith. We say, God, are you here? Do you see? Can you work your your power and do something? And, of course, he can, but he, he lets things run their course for a while. But uh, the old line about uh, to, somehow he, he sewed a little string into each person's heart, and some, they drift to the farthest corners of the world, but just a twitch upon the thread, he can draw us back to himself. And So I'm really sorry. Uh, these are terrible things, especially now with, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and you're trying to to make that joyful for your family, and um, and yet there's such sorrow in the marriage. Uh, so we'll um, we'll pray to Saint Michael, the Archangel, who is one who fights. Uh, he fights against evil, but he does so with a a real peace in his in his heart. He's an angel after all, so he's able to do things that we can't, and he'll fight for us. And uh, and so will the Lord, you know. And God can work miracles. He we used to, G.K. Chesterton said that we have a God who knows his way out of the tomb. In a way, it feels like your marriage and 
your family and you're entering a tomb now where there's death and darkness and no apparent way out. But the Lord, he can do things that we can't. And um, so we, we ask the Lord to sustain in our heart hope, the little, fragile little virtue of hope, so that um, somehow this too shall pass. And Lord, it's, it's terrible, it's death, but in our faith, after death comes new life. So um, I'm so sorry for you, Michael. We're praying. Yeah, yeah, Michael, again, just know there's so many people listening right now that will keep you in their prayers, and uh, I'm so sorry for the situation as well. I just hear the the pain and the sorrow in your voice there. And, uh, you know, Father, um, let's try and go back to Laura. She was also on hold. Um, Laura's calling from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Thanks for holding, Laura. Welcome back. Hi, thank you. Hopefully... Hopefully you can hear me. Yeah, sounds great. Um, Go right ahead. Oh, good. Okay. I just wanted to share a story from several Christmases ago. Um, Speaking of family situations and difficult conversations, um, my brother and I got into a discussion about addiction, and I mentioned God um, as being important, you know, to help help with the healing of that. Um, And that touched a nerve somewhere in him. And so... We didn't have a yelling fight or anything like that, but we had a somewhat heated discussion. It was on Christmas, which wasn't good, and everything turned out okay for the rest of the day. It was calm, but I really felt like it wasn't resolved. So um, he and his wife were staying in our guest house, and the next morning I got up, and I was the only one awake in our house, and I was just upset, you know, about how things had gone the day before, so I... I have a prayer chair in my bedroom and I sat in the chair for a while and I just asked God to give me another chance, you know, to make things right. And so um, I went out into the kitchen and he came in from the guest house without his wife. So we were the only two people awake in the house. And um, it was just miraculous what happened. God um, was so evident in that room. Um, my brother walked in and told me, you know, I, I want you to know that I heard yesterday. And I said, you know, I heard you too. And I said, I want you to know that you're deeply loved. And it made him cry. Um, and I wasn't able to mention Jesus because it just, that so, but, but I know God was with us in that. And so when he left, the whole thing was reconciled, and I just feel like it's a stepping stone, that that was a stepping stone for us, you know. Um, On Christmas, we go to church on Christmas Eve. He doesn't, you know, so if they're here, we just, we go, and they don't go. But but it was just really lovely. It was a really, really good end point for something that, that could have gone in the wrong direction. So that's my story. Yeah, that's a beautiful. I mean, thank God that uh, you know you tried to to bring it to the Lord the next morning, and so you were ready for whatever was coming. It, it didn't have to go that way, but uh, you know, we uh, God's timing is is unique, and each situation. I mean, he uh, he waits until people are ready, and I think first time for a lot of people, there's that uh, rejection or reaction that uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with me, or I can handle this, or I don't want you preaching, uh, you know, imposing your belief on me or whatever. I mean, there's just, um, it surfaces things and you didn't do it intentionally. And, uh, you know, you tried to mitigate some of the, 
the hurt as best you could the rest of the day being pleasant and you know it's like the elephant in the room you know but um i think sometimes we uh we have that response that reaction and then we go into our toolbox and we're going to fix it <laughs> and uh and that's not always uh, going to be uh, the right reaction the right response right so we can um, you know Houston we have a problem and uh, let the lord you, you know give it some time and some space and just try to be pleasant and kind and uh, you know when people are hurting they're not as they're not their their true selves i mean they're not necessarily going to be the most uh rational and and they someone has just touched a nerve and wow that hurts and uh and they don't want it to hurt they thought they had that guarded and defended better and so anyway Laura uh, we'll pray you know that it continues i mean these are uh, conversion takes a lifetime. I was hoping to be a lot holier than I am by now, but well, you know, I guess uh, 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 so. It's the tortoise and the hare. We tend to take the slow way around, but maybe that's by God's design, so that as we grow, we remember not to lord it over others. We remember how hard it was, and how long it took, and how humbling it was, so we can uh, be a little more solicitous, patient, charitable with those who are going through similar things. So, thanks for your testimony, Laura. God bless you and your your brother and your families. Talking with Father Sam Martin today here on The Inner Life about how we can have those conversations at family gatherings, especially at the um, upcoming holiday uh, family gatherings, how we can talk about our faith and we can make that impact for family members, how we can avoid walking into situations where it becomes uh, argumentative, becomes some sort of a fight. And how have you been able to do that in your own life? 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, I also want to mention to you, if you haven't signed up yet, Coming up for Advent, Father Rocky, he's going to be offering Advent Inspirations. They're short daily audio reflections designed to help you delve into the beauty of the Advent season. And each daily reflection is emailed to you at the start of every morning throughout Advent. And one of the things that I think is just so wonderful about this is we have secular society, secular culture, that is always focused on Christmas. I mean, every every story you go into right now, the focus is Christmas. Uh, you know, being able to keep Advent as Advent is something that really lets us live out our faith, this time of preparation that is Advent. So I hope you sign up for Father Rocky's Advent Inspirations. They're absolutely free. All you have to do is just register, give your email address, and they'll be sent to you every morning. And you can do that at relevantradio.com, or you can do it through the Relevant Radio app. You'll see the banner there for Advent Inspirations. Just click on that, and you'll be able to sign up. And again, we'll continue our conversation with Father Sam Martin and more of your phone calls right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So how do you talk with family when you're gathered together at the holidays and you want to talk about the faith or the subject of religion gets brought up and you want to be able to be honest, 
You want to talk about the truth of what you believe, but you also don't want to turn it into a major conflict. That's what we're talking about today here on The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Sam Martin. He's a priest in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin. We're also taking your phone calls. How have you navigated those tricky waters of discussing religion with your family, with your loved ones, when you're not all on the same page there? Our studio line to call in, 888-914-914. 914 And Father, we've got Karen who's listening to us in Minnesota. Hi, Karen. You're on the air with Father Sam Martin. I, I think it's Carol. Oh, hi, Carol. I'm sorry. Yeah, Karen was written here. I, I just read what they give me. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's fine. I, I get called a variety of things. So that's, that's all, right. all right. Yeah, go right ahead. Um, um, I just wanted to share uh, sort of a, a litmus, litmus test that I learned from a conflict uh, advisor uh, years ago. And that is um, to kind of stop and think a little bit. Remember that, first of all, saying nothing is affirmation. And uh, most often, if, if you just keep quiet and, and ignore, ignore it, uh, that's affirming the behavior. Secondly, uh, when, before you say anything, ask yourself, uh, does something need to be said? The answer is yes. Then is it I who needs to say it? If the answer is yes, then you go forward and say it with love and and caring. And um, that usually will bring down the escalation of any conflict. And so I just wanted to share that. Right, and that's a good summary of some of the things we've been talking about, Carol. So that kind of brings it together. You know that Josh had brought up the question about, am I the right person? And uh, does something need to be said? And can I say it, you know, with charity? And those things, when they all kind of align, then, you know, and now people say, well, that takes you an hour to figure that much out. Well, uh, it goes better if we have been practicing. If we, um, you know, it's not like this is a, a skill that we develop overnight, but um, we do get a fair amount of practice because, God willing, we live a full life, and our family does. We'll have many opportunities to be together, and, and we hope that uh, we can always bring the light of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, the beauty of it, and uh, and the hope that it brings to those who uh, uh, live in this fallen world seeking exactly that. Uh, Father, down to just a couple minutes, but let's get Pat on, who's listening in Gresham, Oregon. Hi, Pat. Welcome to the program. Really short on time, but wanted to get a, a question from you before we wrapped up the show. Hi. Thank you so very much. Um, Father Sam Martin, I've heard you on before, and I pray, I'm pray i praying for you. And um, you. you're very welcome. I'm calling. Um, my family doesn't get together on Christmas or the holidays, and my brother and his wife are Jehovah Witnesses. And I, my brother comes over once a month, and I was wondering maybe anything I could say to him or just, anything like that? Well, the main thing, I guess, is that we pray always for him, and uh, it sounds, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses have a a fairly vibrant faith, typically. We disagree with them on some significant things, but, uh, you know, Mother Teresa used to say, you know, she always got accused of um, 
proselytizing, trying to take people from the religion, and she would say, no, if you're a Hindu, be a good Hindu. Really believe it. Be sincere. Give God your best. Give him your heart. And uh, because then you know, the Holy Spirit can move mountains. He can help people to realize that maybe I'm not believing the fullness of the faith. Uh, so we know that everybody in heaven was saved by Jesus. You know that by his death and resurrection, that's how people are saved. There's no other way. But is it all ex- you know, explicitly baptized Christians that are saved? Well, we think that God is a master of, of other ways, possibly. I would say that if you have an opportunity to follow the Lord according to the way he taught, that's the best and uh, follow that. But if sometimes people get pushed away or they uh damaged by religious people and uh, they go a different route or there are just so many, uh, you know, potholes and things that can uh, lead to. So I would say, you know, what we've said on this program all along is uh, ask the Lord for the right words. Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't give us those words because it's just prayer that he wants. So do that. Do that, Pat. Pat, thanks so much for calling in, and thanks for all of our callers. Uh, Apologies to those of you we didn't get on the air. Father, we've got about 10 seconds for a final blessing for our listeners. May God bless each and every one of you today and always in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Sam Martin, thanks so much for being our spiritual director for the hour. And, of course, thank you for listening and being a part of the program. Mass is coming up next with Father uh, Daniel Schuster. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about consumerism. Why? Well, one week out from Black Friday, right? (laughs) We'll talk about that here on The Inner Life tomorrow and what that means for our spiritual lives. And, of course, if you missed any part of this podcast earlier, go download it at uh, relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Have a blessed afternoon. Hope restored, hearts healed, lives changed. Here's another Relevant Radio miracle moment. I've been listening to you and to Relevant Radio for almost a year, every day, and I I just want to tell you that, you know, it's changed my life. You know, one of the things that I'll I'll just say real quick, you know, because I know we're pressed for time is, you know, it's one thing to hear your mom say, go to church and don't do this and don't do that. And it's another thing to hear you say it and backed up by biblical scripture. So it's not like, oh, Patrick is telling me not to do this or not to do that. But it's Jesus telling me, don't do this, and this is why you shouldn't do it. And um, one of the things that, that struck me from start, when I first started hearing you is that me and my, my civil wife have been together for 15 years. And I was like, oh, my God, we've lived in sin for 15 years. Patrick, we got our sacrament of marriage June 22nd of this year. Awesome. Oh, that is fantastic. After 15 years and three kids later. Wow. What a relief that must be for so, you, like you're walking on air. You know what? I, I'll say this. I'm not perfect, but it's nice to know that when you don't say grace at the dinner table or when you don't pray the rosary that one night, it's in your conscience. And you're like, you know what? You got to do better tomorrow. I feel True. so much uh, so much weight that has been lifted off my shoulders. There's a lot of work to do because obviously we haven't done our best as parents because now I know what it means to be a good father. Yes. And so now you're trying to pick up the pieces. But, you know, the past is the past. And as long as you're moving forward in, in the right direction, um, I, I do feel a ton better. I, that is so good to hear. Thank you. God bless to you and, and everyone at Relevant Radio. This miracle moment was brought to you by you. Call and donate now. It's fast, easy, tax deductible, and you can give in any amount. one 877 291 That's 1-877-291-0123. Donate safely and quickly online at RelevantRadio.com or by using the Relevant Radio app.